the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning to all of you. Father Nicholas uh, and Jan uh, flew back to Boston this weekend for the Archdiocese Convention, so they'll be early and I'll be late when I fly out tomorrow. And then they're coming back, so they'll be here next Sunday. And I'll be back, still back in Boston next Sunday, so crossing like this. We'd like to ask you to continue to remember uh, Father Gordon Walker in your prayers. Um, those of us who have uh, had really, I would say, the privilege to watch people uh, struggle in the final days of their life know that it is a struggle and it's a struggle to let go and uh, that our human will has some degree or part in uh, the our passage from this life and so um, General MacArthur once said, old soldiers never die. They just fade away. And uh, I think of Father Gordon as the, the Civil War general <laughs> of the Orthodox Church. So let's continue to pray for him. I rarely um, come up with three-point sermons. They just kind of happen when they happen. But even more rarely that the three points would all begin with the same letter. Father John would be proud of me today. I'm sorry he's not here. A compliment, a command, and a challenge. First, a compliment. The Lord said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Wow, what a compliment. A city set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. When I was a child growing up in McAllister, Oklahoma, I used to attend vacation Bible school each summer at the Trinity Baptist Church. It was no drudgery. I actually looked forward to it. We had a parade through the neighborhood, honking our horns in our decorated cars, calling all kids to come to the vacation Bible school. We carried the American and Christian flags in procession. We learned scripture verses by heart and had sword drills. The Bible was the sword of the Lord. And we would have drills to see who could find a scripture verse more quickly. And in addition to all of that, we learned what was called the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. Now I know if you've grown up in the Orthodox Church, such a thing might sound quite strange, but let me read it to you. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, 
God's holy word. And will make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. This pledge is based on Psalm 118, verses 11 and verse 105. And we read it every great and holy Friday in the lamentation service. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. But we say to him, no, you, O word, are the light of the world. So how can we be the light of the world? It is through union with Christ in baptism, by entering the sacramental life of the church, especially in the Holy Communion, when we become partakers of the divine nature. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's a command. A command, a directive. He didn't tell us to say anything. He told us to do something. Jesus said in his great discourse during the Last Supper, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so our love for him is not displayed only to Him, but to everyone around us when we humbly place our light on a stand, as it were, and light the whole house. I think this means the whole realm in which we live and move and have our being. My room. My home our neighborhood, our school, our work, our community, our county, our state, our nation. This is our house. But especially the church is our house. And it becomes a city within a city. The city set on the hill and it becomes a beacon to those who are lost in the darkness that surrounds us. And so how do we let our light shine before men? We usually think it's done with words, with eloquent persuasion, dynamic apologetics for the faith. But in our day, Nobody wants to hear our words. They're tired of our words. And yet, they won't stop talking about Jesus Christ. They presume to quote the sayings and commandments of our Lord and to teach us what they mean when they have no love for Christ, no intention of obeying the commandments themselves, 
and presume to place their secular ideology of choice on top of the hill, having taken the high ground with their demonically inspired moral compass. It's as if we were playing king on the mountain and Christ and His church have been thrown down from the high pedestal and we helplessly lay at the bottom of the ravine looking up at the new world order. How can we let our light shine when everything seems to be turned upside down and a bushel slammed down on top of our heads? Well, let me ask you a question. Has all been accomplished? Is it possible that although Jesus said on the cross when He said it is finished, that the drama of world history and the culmination of all things must still be played out? I believe this is the case. And I believe that it's not over. And I believe that the divine drama is still playing itself out. It ain't over till it's over. So Jesus issues a challenge. Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And it's those who stand outside of the church and preach Jesus to us who relax the commandments. But he who does them and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Are we ready to meet the challenge? Do we want to do the commandments? Or do we simply want to beg forgiveness in our weakness? Do we want to let our light shine? Or is Christianity just a little too unsophisticated these days? Or maybe we're simply afraid. What do I have to say in order to keep the commandments of God? Well, we don't have to say much, if anything. Yesterday, July 18th, we celebrated the memory of Venerable Abba Pombo of the Egyptian desert. St. Athanasius once visited Abba Pombo 
And he begged him to come into Alexandria and instruct the faithful. Abba Pombo didn't come. St. Nikolai describes Abba Pombo in this way. Pombo was known particularly for two characteristics. Through extensive training, he sealed his lips. Isn't that interesting? It's prefaced. Through extensive training, he sealed his lips so that he did not speak one unnecessary word. And he never ate anyone's bread except the bread that he earned by his own hands by weaving baskets. He was similar to an angel of God, and in later years his face shone like the face of Moses once did, so much that the monks were unable to look at him directly in his face. He did not render an immediate answer even to a simple question before praying and contemplating about it in his heart. The patriarch Theophilus of Alexandria, who was third after uh, St. Athanasius, once visited the monks in the Nitrian desert. And the monks begged Abba Pombo, saying, Tell the patriarch a constructive word which would be beneficial to him. The quiet Pombo replied, If he does not benefit by my silence, he will not benefit by my word. Pretty amazing, huh? Perhaps in our day, we could use the example of Abba Pombo by speaking less and by being good workers. And what I mean by that is to have integrity on the job, working without grumbling. Now I'm really talking about myself. (laughs) We tell our children, speak when spoken to, and be obedient. Perhaps we should heed our own advice and speak into this fallen world only when the Lord speaks to us and gives us the word. And willingly and joyfully keep His commandments. Only then will we be truly the light of the world Only then will men see our good works and begin once again to glorify God in heaven. And only then will we who do and teach these things be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen.